So we're talking once again about being fruitful, and today we're going to talk about the fruit of joy and peace. Anyone remember the fruit that we talked about last week? Love, love. Hopefully you had a chance, that was your homework assignment, you had a chance to bear the fruit of love to share it with somebody this week. Someone say, oh, Pastor, I didn't feel a whole lot of love this week. That's not, that wasn't the assignment. <laughs> the assignment wasn't to feel love, the assignment was to Give love, to bear love. If you remember, that's one of the principles about fruit. Uh, the tree doesn't bear fruit for itself. The tree bears fruit and others partake of the fruit, not the tree. You know, the tree's given it away for free. You know, humans get to eat the apples. Animals get to eat the apples. Ultimately, possibly even the earth, insects and the earth. You know, if, if the apple falls and just lands on the ground, nobody else gets it. Well, the earth will claim it back, Right. And so that's, that's, uh, what we, that's how we are with the fruit that we are to bear. Matter of fact, God's will for your life is to be fruitful, and he designed you to be fruitful. If, if you remember the very first words, the very first words that were spoken, you may have to change it for me, Christian. My, my clicker's not working here. The very first words that were spoken, that were written, spoken to humans that recorded in the word of God was this. Then God blessed them. Isn't it so cool that the very first thing that God said to humans was a blessing? It lets you know his heart for us. God really does want to bless you, okay? I'm sorry, he's not out to get you. He's not after you. He's not out to stomp you. If he was, you'd already be stomped. Like, a, I mean, he's God. He would have already got you. Genesis 128, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. The very first words out of his, out of his mouth to mankind was, be fruitful. That means be full of fruit. Be fruitful and multiply. How is being fruitful a way to be multiplying? Because fruit contain what? Seed. Y'all are getting it. Say, man, you're repeating yourself a whole lot these weeks, Dave. Yes, I am, because I want you to get it, and you're starting to get it. <laughs> fruit contains seed. And if you remember, several months ago, we talked about the only thing a seed knows how to do is grow. And so if you want to have harvest in your life, you have to bear seed. You have to sow seed. What is one of the most effective ways of sowing seed? Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. If, a, if an apple tree is programmed to replicate itself, it's going to bear apples so that maybe a horse comes by and eats the apple. And then when the horse digests the apple, and it and when after it... it gets through doing its biological duty, right? Notice I said biological duty. I threw it all in there together. Well, what, well, what has happened? Well, now those seeds are actually planted right in the midst of some wonderful fertilizer so that it has a chance to grow. See how awesome God created things to be an example for us? So if you say, why do I want to bear fruit and bless people that just are like, a mess because what because by the time you get through blessing somebody even if they're being a jerk to you or even if they don't deserve it all of a sudden your seed is nicely planted in the wonderful manure of their life and it can grow right say their life's a mess good that's good fertilized soil for the good seed of the word of god to be planted and to bear fruit for your life amen so John said it this way. Jesus said it this way in the book of John. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear 
much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You remember what the word fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. The word fruitful means to produce fruit, but especially in abundance. So God's desire for you is to produce a lot of fruit. In other words, produce a lot of stuff that's going to bless people. Live your life in such a way that, man, you're blessing the socks off folk. Lots of fruit, lots of fruit, lots of fruit. Say, well, what about my needs? Well, hey, all that fruit has seed. You'll get to reap it back. Don't worry about it. It'll come back to you. And so he said in order to be his disciple, it's going to glorify God that you are fruitful, that you bear a lot of fruit, that you produce a lot of fruit. In other words, that you produce a lot of things that become beneficial and a blessing to everyone around you. That's the model. He said, that's how you can, you, you, you want to make sure you're a disciple? Start bearing fruit. Start bearing fruit. Let's see if this is going to work now. Now, that's a hop to the next one for me, Christian. You're going to have to be my button pusher today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Now, Jeremiah said it this way. I love, I love this verse. I love this promise. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Anyone trust him today? Man, we got to trust him. That's faith. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads its root out by the river and, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So if, if you trust in the Lord... It says you're going to be like a tree planted by the water. In other words, you're going to be plugged into the Lord. Jesus said it in the book of John. You remember he said, I am the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. That's the promise. So if we can be plugged in to the Lord, if we remain in him, if we walk with him and trust him, the promise is even when the rest of society is in the middle of a drought, even when it seems like there's no hope, no love, no peace, no nothing, you can still bear fruit. Isn't that awesome? You can be in the most negative environment. Say, well, i got to find a new job. It's toxic where I work. Well, I'm not telling you not to get a new job, but I'm saying you can bear fruit right in the middle of all that toxicity. Say, my household is chaotic. Well, guess what? You can bear fruit Right in the middle of all that chaos, if you trust him and remain connected to him. All right, hop to the next one for us. Uh, Galatians, this is, what, this is what we're basing, basing on. Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We all have the Spirit. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have the capability of producing fruit producing things that are going to be a blessing. Now, notice he contrasts that just a few uh, scriptures prior, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. He contrasted the fruit of the Spirit with the works of the flesh. And he said, you're either walking in the flesh or you're walking in the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to, you're going to produce some things that it's going to be a blessing to others. If you're walking in the flesh, it becomes very self-serving very egocentric. Everything that he listed out, uh, which he said, hey, this is, this is a work. Of, he didn't call it the fruit of the flesh because the flesh doesn't know how to give. The flesh only knows how to take, right? Your ego wants what it wants. 
It went, it, and so he listed things out. Some of it were, uh, he started out with uh, sexual sins, right, or physical sins. He, uh, uh, he said adultery, fornication, lewdness, uncleanness. Well, that's all self-serving, fleshy things, right? Uh, things that you know, you're not worried about how it impacts everybody else. It's what I want, right? The next thing he talked about was, he said, uh, sorcery and idolatry. Well, what's that? That's forms of worship. We say, well, I don't practice sorcery. Well, the Bible says that manipulation is the same as witchcraft. Are you a manipulator in your life? Do you try to manipulate people? Do you manipulate situations? Do you manipulate uh, circumstances in your life? I'm not saying you don't tend to them, but, but sometimes we try to take control and manipulate and force things. Well, that's, uh, the Bible says manipulation is the same as witchcraft. That's a form of sorcery. Rather than depending on the spirit, you're trying to kind of conjure up a spirit of your own, right? You're trying to, with your attitude, your mood, or whatever. Uh, idolatry, that's anything that comes between you and God, Christ. Anything you put higher than him. So well, I don't worship idols. Well, we have a lot of idols. Some folks put their job before Christ. Some put, folks put sports before Christ. Some folks put relationships before Christ. Uh, sometimes we put our kids before Christ, right? I mean, it's what, what is it that we're putting before Christ? That's idolatry. And then he goes into emotional, uh, fleshy emotional things like anger, wrath, uh, uh, fits of wrath, jealousies, and uh, um, selfish ambitions, all that type of stuff, right? So he lists out all these works of the flesh, and, and the, the commonality between all those works is they're very self-serving. It's all about me. It's all about me. And because of that, it can't reproduce. There's no seed in it. There may be pleasure. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Then comes destruction. Um, but then he goes in and says, so, so don't walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. And then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, it's not the works of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Because now you're producing things that other people will be able to glean from. Other people will be a blessing from. And say, well, what about my needs? Well, your needs get taken care of because all that fruit bears seed. And we talked about sowing seed uh, for the last few weeks of, of, of the year, right? <laughs> sowing seed, you're always going to get to reap back seed, right? Uh, if you sow seed, you get to reap it back. So here we go, Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I highlighted joy and peace because that's what we're going to talk about today. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. You can live under the most tyrannical government you can think of, and they're still not going to produce a law that's going to keep you from bearing this kind of fruit. That's pretty cool. That God's kingdom, his law trumps anything else. Amen? All right, hop to the next one for me, Christian. So let's talk about the fruit of joy. Le, le fruit de la joie, as they say on other continents sometimes. Nehemiah 8.10. I love this. Let's give, let, let me give you a little background of the scripture. And some of you have heard me preach about this. I've, I've preached a sermon about this before, but... Uh, Nehemiah was tasked with rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. And King Xerxes had let him come back from exile, and he brought a whole clan of, of Jews to help start re rebuilding the walls that had been destroyed uh, 
uh, when they went into captivity uh, to rebuild the temple. And so in the meantime, as they're rebuilding the temple, they find a copy of the Torah, the, the law of Moses, which would have been like the only holy scripture that they had at the time. Now, there are multiple generations that have lived without hearing this law, without hearing the word of God. And so they find these scriptures, and so they call an assembly, and they read the entire law. Say, well, why would they read the entire law? Because what they discover is there are people that God has made a contract with. You remember? With Abraham, this is what we talk about all the time. Galatians, book of Galatians lets us know that, uh, that if, you are, if you belong to Christ, you are an heir of Abraham. The same promises that he gave to Abraham, we're grafted in. And so all of a sudden, the Jews realize, all the, this, these, this young generation hears us and says, we, we've got a covenant with God. We have a contract with God. And we've not been living up to our end of the bargain. You remember, if you remember uh, Genesis 12, when the covenant started, God said, hey, Abraham, or Abram at the time, he said, Abram, if you'll do what I tell you to do, this is it in a nutshell. This is the Dave abbreviation, right? If you'll do what I tell you to do, obey my word, submit to me, I'll take care of everything else. I'll make you great. I will bless you. I'll protect you. I'll take care of your enemies. You won't have to worry about a thing. Just do what I say to do. And I'll make a covenant with you. And he made a covenant. He made, it was God's idea, and it was his contract. And so these people realize, we didn't even know about this. And we've not lived up to our end. We've not been submitting to him. We've not been listening to him. We didn't even know his word to obey it. Now they hear it. They begin to weep. They're crying. And Nehemiah and the guys, you know, Zerubbabel, all these guys get up and say, oh, no, 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 don't cry. We're going to celebrate and we're going to feast. Today's not a day of mourning. Today is a day to rejoice. We are a people that have a contract with God, right? So this is, that's, that's where we come into the scripture. He says, then he said to them, now, most of you have heard the end of the scripture before, but this first part's kind of peculiar. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many, how many of you have heard that, that scripture? The joy of the Lord is your strength. But we haven't heard the first part. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and then take portions to those that nothing has been prepared. In other words, eat, eat the goodness of the Lord drink up the sweetness of God, but now go take portions because there are people that have had nothing prepared. Notice the, the mindset is, now go give. You've been blessed. Now go be a blessing. Now the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what, what can be our strength? The joy of the Lord. What does that mean? The joy of, they just realized that they were a people of covenant. There are people that have a contract with God. They can rest in that. Whew, it doesn't matter how hard it gets in life. I got a contract with God. If I submit to him, he's going to take care of me. He's going to get me through everything. He's going to take care of my enemies. Whew, I can have joy. Hop, hop to the next one real quick. We're, let's talk about the definition of joy is this. Uh, just the, the basic uh, 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 Webster's type definition. Joy isn't necessarily happiness, although happiness is a part of joy, right? You can experience joy and not be happy about some things. It says intense and especially 
ecstatic or exultant happiness or an instance of such feeling, right? Those of you who have children know those moments that you have, you have joy. You see them maybe play a game or, or they're uh, singing in the choir or they're you know, scoring well on their academics or, or they just, they do something that you're just, that's my boy, that's my girl. Now you can experience that, right, in the middle of not being thrilled about some stuff, right? My, my daughter Lily is playing basketball for Harwood Junior High, seventh grade, right? She loves it. She's been waiting since she's been in third grade to hurry up and get to seventh grade so she could actually, you know, I could play basketball and it counts as one of my grades? Yes, you know? And when she's out on the court, she's having a blast. She's in her, she's in her element. She's, she's, a, she's point guard, man. She's bringing the ball down. Coach has got her directing traffic. She's out there bossing all the girls around, having a blast. She hangs out in the back. If they leave her wide open, man, she's taking the three. She's sinking threes like crazy from downtown, like bombing the other team from downtown. And then, and now she's got a new one in her arsenal because when they finally figured out, well, we need to go guard this girl at the three-point line, man, she takes it around and she's, she's starting to master the layup. The little finger roll layup, man, she's having a blast, right? And it doesn't matter to her if they even if they're losing, she's like on the bench looking like, what are y'all sad about? We're playing basketball. We're having fun. And we're getting a grade for this. <laughs> How awesome is that, right? Now, so when I get a chance to go to her games, I love it. I, I, there's, I feel joy. I feel an ecstatic and exultant happiness. Why? Because I'm seeing her without a care in the world. She's smiling. She's laughing. By the end of the game, she's got at least two friends on the other team, you know, just because she's, like, interacting with them and stuff. She's just having a blast. Now, as I'm feeling that, there are, it's not like I, I don't have any troubles in my life. It's not like I don't have challenges I have to face. I'm human like everybody else. Well, those challenges kind of walk around with me sometimes, right? So I'm just because I'm sitting there feeling joy watching my daughter doesn't mean I'm happy about every single aspect of my life, right? So in other words, you don't, joy doesn't mean that you're happy. You could be irritated. You can be stressed. You can be frustrated. Yet you can feel joy, right? You ever gotten an irritated phone call? And, and so you're like on the phone, and you're like, I cannot believe. And all of a sudden, your kid comes home and shows you like they got straight A's or whatever, and you're like, yeah, let me tell you something. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a really weird juxtaposition. Joy can exist in any other emotion. And that's what the Lord is saying, hey, my joy, when you start understanding who you are in me and what you have in me, you can relax and be joyful, even, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. It's not dependent on it, right? Hop to the next screen. 
For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. This is Romans. This is Paul talking. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He just got through talking about a bunch of laws that deal with what kind of food you can eat, what kind of drink you can have. He said, but the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it's righteousness. You hear me quote this a lot. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the two, the, the two fruit that we're talking about today are actually two-thirds of the kingdom of God. Peace and joy. Which means, do you think it's God's intention for you to experience joy? Yeah, if it's part of his kingdom, if it's a third of his kingdom, he wants you to experience joy. He wants you to experience an exuberant and exultant happiness, a burst of happiness, excitement about him, the joy of the Lord. Say, you know, things here on earth, that joy can, that joy can wane. You can be joyful like, woo, I got a new car. Look at my car. Two years later, it's not, you know, you don't even think about it. You just get in the car and go, right? That joy faded. But with the Lord, it's something every day, every moment, even when you're going through the biggest trial of your life, you can still have that thread of joy, right? Go to the next one for me. John 16, 22, 24, this is Jesus talking. His, he just, he's preparing them at the fact that he's going to be leaving and that he's going to be crucified. They're not getting it. They just understand that he's going to be leaving. They're kind of getting sad. So this is what he says. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Isn't that awesome? That the joy of the Lord, nobody can take it from you. No one has that authority. No one has that right. Now, you can give it away. I see a lot of Christians that give their joy away. Or you can hang on to it. You've got every right. Don't give away a third of the kingdom. He says, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. He's, he's been saying, hey, up until now, you've been asking me for things. You're about to talk directly to the Father because of me. So whatever you ask the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And I know, man, I get people that get frustrated at me like, you don't, why are you, why are you preaching? Why do you, well, Jesus said that. I know it messes up some people's theology. They have to, like, no, God doesn't want to give me anything. Don't get my hopes up that God actually likes me. Well, I don't know, I'm sorry, it says it right there. Verse 24, until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus is talking about he, it is God's will for us to experience fullness of joy, a fullness of excited, ecstatic, exuberance, and happiness. Okay, go to the next one for me. We're going to talk about the fruit of peace. Before we do that, now, I talked about the way that joy impacts us, how it feels for us. But I want you to put your head, your, your, your head in gear and start asking the Holy Spirit, now, wait a minute, we're talking about the fruit of joy. So I'm not telling, even though the Lord does want you to experience joy, but I'm not telling you, hey, this week, be joyful, feel joyful. I'm telling you, bear the fruit of joy. In other words, when you walk into a room and leave, do people in that room feel joyful? Because of your presence, because of what you had to say, because of what you had to interact with. When you walk into the house, 
do, does your family feel joyful that you're home? Or are they like, oh man, everyone look out, he's home, <laughs> she's home. That's one thing I love about our dog, Lucy, man. Hey, if anybody, if I walk in the house, I am guaranteed at least one, one member of my household is like really joyful, right? Same thing with anyone. Like Riley comes home from school. She's like, I, I don't know about Dave and Eric, Dave and mom, but at least Lucy's happy to see me, right? And that, in other words, do we have that kind of impact wherever we go? That when people leave your presence, they, man, I just, I feel really excited about what I've got going on. I know I've got a mess on my hands, but it's all right. We're going to be all right. I'm kind of excited about things now. Ask the Lord to start showing you in what ways you can bear the fruit of joy. Say, well, what, I, I need to feel joy too. Well, guess what? If you bear in the fruit, it's got the seeds of joy. It's going to come back. You'll get to reap the harvest of joy. Amen. Let's talk about peace. Everyone still with me? No one's falling asleep yet? Can't say amen. Say, oh, me. The fruit of peace. Let's go to this first fruit. I love this. Love this. This is Jesus talking. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Whose peace? Jesus' peace. The peace of Christ. He said, my peace I give to you. That's just not any any old peace, man, that's the peace of Jesus. It was such peace, it calmed storms. He could step out on the front of the boat and say, peace, be still. And the storm would stop raging, you know? It was peace that he wound up having to find in the Garden of Gethsemane when he knew he was about to get executed. And he knew he was about to be tortured. And he's, his mind is reeling. And he says, Lord, Father, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, Take it, because if there's any way I can get out of this. And all of a sudden, he finds his peace again. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. It was the peace that allowed him to face what he had to face. That's some serious peace. And yet, as a parting gift, he could have left us anything. I leave power. I leave healing. I leave It's things that the Holy Spirit eventually brought us. But he says, I'm going to leave my peace with you. My peace, I'm going to leave with you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Someone hear that today. I don't know who needs to hear that. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why? Because you have access to the peace of Christ, his peace. That was some serious peace. Because his peace was not based on his environment and his circumstances and his surroundings. His peace was based on his connectivity and his oneness with the father and the cool thing about that in the garden he prayed lord he said father i pray just as you and i are one that they will be one he prayed that you would be one with god just as he's one with god that's some serious peace that you can gain from that hop to the next slide for me let's talk what is what is this peace well here's here's uh the first three definitions that came up basic definitions the absence of war and hostilities, whew, some of y'all been at war for a while. The absence of war and hostilities. Freedom from quarrels and disagreements. That's powerful. Some of you need to get set free from quarrels and disagreements. 
Gain is peace. Some of, some of you, I don't know who this is for, some of you need the vending machine methodology. Have I ever told you about the vending machine? Here's, here's a philosophy that some of, you, some of you need to take. Way back in the dark ages when I attended Garland High School, and we wrote on, when the teacher said, take your tablets out, she meant stone tablets. No, not that old. Uh, well, there, were, there was a particular vending machine that all the student body knew, you know, by second six weeks. If you go up and punch that thing really good, it's going to give you something. Now, it's kind of, you know, luck of the draw. You don't know what's going to fall, but something's going to fall. If you go up and give it a good kick, give it a good shove, give it a good punch. And so that machine got beat on, that poor machine. And folks were getting stuff out of it. Until finally, I guess, word got back to the janitor. Janitor fixed it. All of a sudden, it stopped, stopped giving out free candy bars and chips. It took about two days that was the most peaceful machine on the planet. <laughs> Nobody was messing with it. In other words, some of you need to learn to be like the fixed version of the machine. Somebody comes up and starts pushing your button, starts shoving you, starts beating on you, starts doing whatever, you know, trying to cause quarrels and disagreements. Stop giving out free candy bars and chips. And guess what? After a while, they leave you alone. They stop messing with you. They stop trying to push your buttons. They stop trying to mouth off at you. Have you ever tried to argue with someone that won't argue back? That's not fun. You ever tried to fight someone that won't fight you back? That's no fun. Right? That's, someone needs to allow the peace of God <laughs> to remind you about the old Garland High School vending machine. You know, if, if the Lord lets me hold my peace and I don't mouth off back, within a couple of days, they're going to finally shut up. And then you have the absence of war and hostilities in your life. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I love this last definition, a state of rest. <sighs> rest. You know, one of the most peaceful things I have seen in this whole neighborhood, you know, we, we all, like you can go online, people talk about, oh, it's so beautiful to walk down by the lake or this park opened up or, hey, they, you know, in the springtime, they'll plant lilies and all this really pretty stuff, uh, tulips and all this stuff. The most peaceful thing in this whole neighborhood is that big giant rock that's right out here in this roundabout, right in front of this building because it is at a state of rest it's freezing cold out there. It's resting just like it is when it's 110 degrees during the summer. No matter what conditions, it's just at a state of rest. And yet we're planted on the rock, the rock, the rock of our salvation, Christ Jesus. We have every right to be in a state of rest. I don't know, but you guys, y'all ever... Y'all ever embrace resurrection? Those of you who were here the other Tuesday night when, we, when uh, we did the appreciation dinner for all the volunteers, when I finally had a chance to sit down at the head of one of those tables and just sit, 
Man, you want to talk about peace. <sighs> Every cell of my body sighed. I just, ah. Imagine that being your lifestyle. I'm not saying you're being lazy, but just stay. You, you may be in the middle of hard work, but you're at a state of rest, a state of peace. Go to the next slide for me. And look at this. These are the promises that come with his peace. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious about anything. What are, you, what are we supposed to be anxious for? Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And, and then the, the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding. It doesn't always make sense because you should be freaking out, but you're not because you're at rest. You're, you're not at war. You're not quarreling. You're just at rest. You're present, but nothing else is controlling you. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Why is that important? Because the heart is where you, you believe. We're supposed to believe with our hearts. The Bible says guard your heart because out of it is the wellspring of life. Well, hey, the peace of God will guard it. When you remind yourself who you are in him and what you have in him and just how much he has you, ah, thank you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep believing you. And it says it will guard your mind. Why is that important? The Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. It will guard your mind. That's really the, 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 the most trouble any of us have during the week is right up here more than anything else. And if, man, if he can guard your thoughts... Go ahead, go ahead and go to the next one. Isaiah 26 puts it this way. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. When you trust the Lord and you keep your mind on the Lord, he's going to keep you in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. That means fully matured, whole, complete, lacking nothing peace. That sounds like the peace of Christ to me. And he said he, he gave us his peace. Well, that peace doesn't lack anything. Hop to the next one for me. I think I got one more in there. Yeah, I got one more in me. All right. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace, the Lord that can, that can quench any war and battle and quarrel and keep you in a state of rest, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace when? Always, and how? In every way, the Lord be with you all. Isn't that awesome? We can claim Second Thessalonians and say, Lord, today I claim that I, I receive your continual peace because he gives it to us always, and I receive it any way you'll send it to me, which is any way possible. He's going to get that peace to you. Woo! Now, go ahead and go to the next one. Look at that. That's the, that's, that's the ending graphic. That should make somebody have revival right there. Uh, now, I've, I've talked to you about what it's like to experience and feel peace. But again, I want you to see it as the fruit of peace. How can you help others to experience that this week? Say, well, I don't have a very peaceful week ahead of me. Ah, that's not the question. <laughs> the assignment is, how can you help others experience peace? And that fruit of peace will contain the seeds you need to reap a harvest of peace. 
Have you ever, have you ever just talked to someone? I'll tell you someone who bore that fruit for me a lot in my life. Is, uh, Glenn and Carolyn Davis, pa- longtime pastors, pastored me from the time I was a child up until I came to pastor this church. And there were times, my young adult life, all throughout, even my teens, that I would, I would experience things. I would be stressed out. I'd be a little anxious. And I'd, I'd go out to eat with them or I'd just kind of bump into them somewhere and chat with them. And something about the presence of God in their life, I'd walk away going, you know what? It's going to be all right. I don't like what I'm going through, but it's going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And so that's my prayer, that you'll bear that kind of fruit for someone this week. That after talking with you, after hanging out with you, after having lunch with you, whatever it is, after a phone call with you or a text message, they're going to be able to go, you know what, I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to be all right. I, I'm at rest. The drama's gone. It's all around me, but no more candy bars and chips are coming out of me for free. I'm at peace. Let's all stand. I'm excited because God is making us some fruitful people. We're going to be a people known. Man, if I can get around with them gathering church folk, they, something, something, something on them wears off on me, and it makes me feel a whole lot better. Isn't that wonderful to know that God has designed you to be that big of a blessing, to be fruitful full of fruit. And Jesus said, hey, you want to be my disciple? Bear a lot of fruit. How can I bear fruit? He said, stay plugged into me. I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you abide in me, you're going you're gonna to bear much fruit. That's a promise he has. Amen. Let's be a huge blessing this week to someone. Let's pray. If you need prayer for anything, I'll hang out over on the side. I'll, I'd be willing to pray for you. Then again, like I say all the time, grab your neighbor, tug on your neighbor's uh, sleeve and say, hey, pray with me. They have just as much God as I do. And they, they'll, they'll be able to pray for you. Lord, I love you. Thank you for counting us worthy to be disciples. Help us to be full of fruit. That's your desire and your plan for our life is to be fruitful, to be the biggest blessers anyone knows. Help us to bless the socks off somebody this week in some way to bring love, to bring joy, to bring peace. Help us to reflect you, Lord. These are all just qualities of your personality, and that's who we want to be like. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing one more time as a family.